welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Fun week watching the Avs. Kicking some ass out there. God, it's unreal. It is fun. It's good to see a winning series. That's Nick Sopris behind the ones and twos producing the show today. Yep. Connor, what'd you think? Fun? Enjoyed it? I enjoyed it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun watching these, although I can't get my mind off the MVP conversation. Ooh. still in my head. Ooh. So. Ooh. so are you <laughs> kind of stewing on this then? No, nah, I'm just, hey, I'm, I'm loving it, man. You're letting I'm the national it. media what, get was, to this you? This has just been a great week. For uh, Colorado sports, but no, no, you talk about the national media. You got your Nick Wright types here, you know, all the, all the haters out there. Uh, no, I, I actually, I, I thrive in that. Can I say something that's probably not popular opinion around here? Denver fran- fans need to quit being so sensitive about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's it. We, we have caused this. Everyone, we were kind of just talking about before we got on the show that it, that's the way it works a lot of times in media is when you cry about it, that's when it keeps getting fed your way. People are dishing it to the well, fans because of the sensitivity. Well, and it's, it's, uh, it's why these media talk show hosts do what they do to cause that type of reaction. So we're in a way kind of playing and everyone into, around the country is talking about Nick you know, Wright right now. Well, Nick Wright. And then you were actually before the show, like you said, we're talking a little bit about it. You, you brought up, uh, you know, the skip Bayless of the world. You said calling cowards a little like that. And Nick goes, Nick over here says, well, we, no one should care about what any of these people. Yeah, he's an L seven because they're clearly don't know what they're talking about. And it reminded me of something that I thought was hilarious. I wanted to bring on the show here, Colin Cowherd, the other day. Okay. Uh, this was like uh, last week, I believe. He put together his list of top five NBA players under the age of 25. And three of them are over the age of 26, <laughs> yeah. including Nikola Jokic, <laughs> Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> and and he, he says, those are the three best, five best players. Is, and, you know. is he aware that if you type in their name <laughs> into a Google search, the first thing that pops it up is pop Wikipedia. It it'll, it'll go right there. What and a, it tells you exactly how old they you. are. What a hellacious take. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. I digress. Okay. We will get to the MVP discussion in a bit here. We're saving that one for later. I think we have to give the Avalanche their due. Oh, I it's mean, amazing. They do. They, they, Absolutely dominated Nashville, winning four nothing last night. The 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 clinching game in the series, uh, advanced to the second round. They now have a week off, at least as I'm understanding, basically because every other series is essentially two to two, and the series are going to end up playing out. So they're going to be sitting for a little bit. Does that concern you guys at all? Not a chance. I think it's perfect. I think in hockey, these guys need a ton of rest. I'm excited. I went to game one in Denver. And again, every playoff game, Broncos is electric. But my God, the uh, the fans are just they're they're out of their minds. It's awesome. So I enjoy that. And and what's that song that they sing? It's like uh, coming out of my cage, and I've been doing. And and so they'll sing that song, and then the guy, the the MC, will actually take the music off, and the entire crowd sings like forty more seconds of the song. I, I saw on it's TV. Awesome. I saw it during that game actually on TV. The, and they were they were having a great time with it on the broadcast, but they were singing the uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Say it ain't so. Oh, that's what I it will is. not Thank go. You. Turn the lights. Yeah, off. that's what it was. Okay, Excuse we, me. You guys no, just no, want to no, sing no, it? No. Should we just sing the whole song? No, I, I'm really excellent at singing. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was like it was like forty straight seconds without the music. It was it was. Yeah, awesome. They were okay, rocking, so man. We've all been rocking. to I think a playoff game of, of all the major sports in Colorado. What do you guys think is the best to go to? Avs, it's not. Well, I don't know. I went to the AFC Championship game the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl. That was cool. It's just, uh, I don't know. I would say it's easily a tie between Broncos and Avs. Nuggets games are pretty mellow for a playoff game now, as much as big of a fan now as Now, for I am. me, I will say, generally speaking, I'm going to go Broncos just on any given playoff. Uh, but that... 2007 run with the Rockies. Uh, I knew was you were going to say that. Magical man. I, knew I went to uh, I went to every single playoff game that was home, including the World Series. Um, you know, which they got swept, obviously. But neither here nor there. Uh, or did they did they go five one? Or did they get swept? I think they I got, got swept. Now, I think they they got got swept. swept. In the, and the actual world, the world against yeah. Boston, they got swept. Yeah, yeah they swept. swept. Okay, so I did go to all those, and those were freaking outrageous. Uh, the the one particular game I will say during that 
that playing game, game one sixty three oh, against yeah, the Padres yeah, yeah. with the Matt, Matt Holiday, Holiday slide, yeah. slide at home. Uh, uh, people were sprinting through the rows. Like every, no one was in their seat. Everybody was running around like rows, jumping. I mean, it was a mosh pit. It was absolutely insane. Now that's a team that two weeks off or whatever because they swept literally everybody. That's a team where two weeks off hurt. Well, and you got and you got to remember too during that layoff. Uh, the Rockies were not even that. I'm going to say they weren't a great team, obviously, right? They they were struggling for most of the year. They they won something like 17 of their last 20 games. It was or, insane. It might have been like 21 or 24. It was something insane, right? They went on this like crazy run, barely sneaked into the playoffs with a Matt Holiday slide, and then just go on this run. So yes, that hurt that team. They were playing way above. They're playing off of energy and just momentum and my my so, favorite i'm sorry go ahead jared i was just gonna say let me put it this way and see if you guys agree with me i feel like every hockey playoff game every abs playoff game i've ever gone to was ripped it was oh intense. my god it was it's great. so awesome always it's so great but there have been moments in every other teams i remember the the nuggets run uh with with mellow there was a couple of years there where those got really really intense and they fun did. some, of, the, some of the broncos teams where they've been really good but not everyone. There's definitely some some playoff runs where you're like, you know your team doesn't have it, and it's just not going to happen. Every Avs playoff game I've ever been to is awesome. It's lit. Maybe not the best, but it's always I would great. I would argue hockey is, is not even close the best atmosphere to go to, especially game in and game out. It's wild. I like that. No, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just... I'm going to be very clear in no certain terms. I'm going to actually revert and say, I'm going to go Rockies. No. Because. I'll tell you the reason. Because they are not there very often. And it's so far and few between. And I mean, think about how Coors Field already is on like 4th of July or something, right? When people actually show up, it's actually kind of loud, like at Coors Field. It is nuts to see because the Rockies fans, man, this is... It's a sneaky baseball town, Denver is. When the Rockies are actually no, good. No, no, Denver's just Fairweather okay. fans. When their team is good, they get behind them. <laughs> That's you notice true. everyone's right, an Avs fan all of a sudden, right? Enough, but I'm going to go Rockies because I think it doesn't happen very often. And when it does, I think people are absolutely. So Connor, what, what the kids say? Connor likes Rockies playoff it's games lit. the best because it's they <laughs> never happen. And so when it does, it is <laughs> Unreal. So I think you one, just got to be the worst. The one time team. it happened, it was unreal. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My okay. favorite thing about that that run that the Rockies had was that Ryan Spielborg's. I believe it was a grand slam to win. It, uh, when are you talking about? Yeah, and during that run. Oh, like in the, against the Phillies? Was it against? The, it was like game twenty. And they need oh 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 no and you're talking about the stretch run of the season yeah right? yeah I and he he hit like about. a grand slam to win the game oh, man, oh my god everything was going right so they were hitting walk offs left and right I remember one game there was uh the winning run was on third and Todd Helton makes this insane dive down the line snags it like a snow cone if you don't know baseball term snow cones where the ball is out of your glove and like just a little bit of it's in the end of your glove looking like a snow cone. Your, right? your like gloves, the cone. cone, the ball's, yes, the, the, snow. ball's the, the snow. So That's insightful. Uh, and and, and no, he grabs it I got and, you. Uh, <laughs> and ended up getting a doubling the guy off at first base. Uh, it was insane. So anyways. And somehow we <laughs> didn't see the sweep coming in the World no, Series. No, how like, could you? All these miracles that happened to get there, like, yeah, law of averages tells you that this well, is crashing And if you'll remember, too, earth. they ran into a Boston Red Sox team that had just went down 3-1 to one to the New York Yankees in the ALCS, and then they went 3-2, 3-3, three, 4-3. Three, three. They won three games in a row to take that series, so they were kind of like how the Rockies were, and well, they were and, much better And team. to bring this back full circle, the Rockies ended up having a lot of time off before that World Series, and I think kind of lost their mojo going into that mm-hmm. after such a hot run. Now the Avs, again, bringing back full circle, coming off of this, they'll have this week off. Normally... I'm terrified because of that. Because of that. You see that happen a lot in sports. When teams are hot, they're playing well, they get a long period of time off, everyone else has been playing, somebody's going to go win a tough series now, they're going to come in with some momentum. You don't like that. Now, the one reason I am actually very happy is obviously the injury to, to starting goaltender Darcy Kemper. I don't know. It's so hard in, in hockey. I did a lot of trying to look in to see if they're saying he's actually going to be back or not. And they never give any information no, in hockey. No. Just that he's day to day. So no. it sounds like it's just swelling, though, is the issue, no. right? Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, they don't give much info. So, But it seems all signs point to me that it's not that serious of an injury. Like, you know, some swelling, scratches, whatever. He'll, he'll be back uh, is what the expectation is. Now, I got to say, Jared, it does not surprise me 
that you would be the guy that get nervous from like a layoff. You are the orange slices, man. You are the the orange slices. I need to have all the feelings with it. Like, you know, screw the fact that these are professional athletes. I mean, that, that is your attitude. Yeah. You, how how, how do the, uh, how the Florida Panthers feel about that right now? Was it worth going for the president's trophy? Oh, God. Look at this Was orange it worth slice it? man over here. You know what? They won They won 12 of their last 15 games, including 10 straight, to clinch the President's Trophy. And they just about went down 3-1 last night, okay, they in this though. series. So they're 2-2 barely clinging on to being tied in the series. And it's not because they won the President's Trophy. But it's... it's it, you're, I get we're probably too early to say, oh, the Avs look great. Because guess what? Last year, they came off of winning that President's Trophy and then swept in the first round. So let's not get o- overreact. Was it a sweep? I believe so. Yeah. I, I could be wrong on that. Nick, Nick maybe can double check me on that last year in the first round. If I think that they did sweep uh, in the first round. But okay. then they they stumbled in the second round. So time will tell. But I, I just think, look at it, the way the Avs look versus the way the Panthers look it's two totally different teams. It looks like a team that met their goal and is just happy to be now, in the playoffs, now, me, whereas uh, the Avs are on a mission to win a Stanley Cup. Yep, just so everybody remembers, we did sweep the St. Louis Blues four games to none okay. last year and then so proceeded it was, to blow. It was a sweep. There yeah. you go. Yeah, so I, I knew it. I was on to the sweep there. So obviously we can't overreact with the Avs, but right now, to me, that looks like a different I, team in the Panthers, and I have to think that has the mindset, Connor. Whether you believe it or uh, not, pay all these let, guys let all the money you, you want. They're still getting their heads. Let, let me tell you something. The Avs need only one thing, and that is the health of their team going into the second round. They will be fine, okay? Look what the Avs did. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, come on. Let's go back to our conversation a week ago, to be fair here, right? Or what was it, two weeks ago now? When uh, the Avs, you know, were sitting players. They were resting players that were, you know, they weren't health or they weren't injured, but they, you know, weren't 100% healthy either. They were sitting, you know, Rantanen and McKinnon and um, Taves and some, some other people going into the playoffs, and they ended up, what, losing quite a bit. They, well, they lose four yeah. in a row. Yeah, it was, right there there, there was one of their worst stretches of um, the year. And so we, we, we brought up the discussion like, hey, how worried are you? And I, and I said, no, <laughs> not at all. These are professional hockey players. They are, I believe, the best team in the league. And any little break, rest, get off your feet, that is a good thing for this team. That is, they don't need to be rolling. Hey, they are not the 2007 Rockies who are punching above their weight right? They are the weight. They are above everybody and they are punching down. When you are punching down, you just need to make sure you don't get too tired to punch down. Nick, we need to save that clip right there. They are the weight. They are the weight. (laughs) We are the weight. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, luckily the Kemper injury isn't super Uh, serious. Uh, Right below his eye, I believe. Was that not the most freak thing you've ever seen? It was bizarre and it's happened to him twice. Really? So super super weird. Arizona too. Yeah, super weird. So definitely don't think obviously it was intentional or anything like that, but I don't know. I mean, you don't it, think it, so? it, I don't think so. No. Have you seen the clip on it? I have. I have. You think you think there was a little bit of, uh, I, you know what? I didn't at first, right? Cause you just see the initial thing and, uh, it, there is something to be said. That is kind of a hockey player, right? Like, he definitely had a stick up there and he was intentionally, no doubt about it, trying to kind of mess with Kemper, get up in his grill, you know, kind of mess with his head a little bit. Um, like that happens all the time. People will kind of tap their sticks against Wait, you mean helmets. a mind messing with someone's mind is important? No, I mean, in sports? like, no, I mean, like literally getting the stick, the oh, blade okay. in front of his <laughs> eye, like his eye more than anything, like literally blocking his view. Okay. Um, and that and, I would and, give and you and that, so that that happens, there right? Absolutely. was some uh, so, attempt at So that. he attempted to do that, which is fine. That's, that's normal. I think the stick accidentally got in and I think he realized because so I didn't hear I'll tell you I did not think this but Twitter has actually won me oh, over. Oh, Connor, don't yeah. fall to that. Yeah, so so uh, it wasn't on the main broadcast that I saw anyways. But if you go online, you can see on Twitter, there is there is an angle from up above from like a like an aerial view. And it is incredible how much he pushes back with his stick. Like he he gets it in there. Pushes it a little bit, 
and then just like proceeds to shove it like a whole entire extra three feet. I mean, probably like two feet. But still, that's a lot. Here's where I'm right. not going to buy into this, Connor, is hockey is well known for being a retaliation sport. You do something to my guy, next game, you're getting it. And you have to think the Avs players looked that view over and over and over again, and nobody did anything about it. I get it again, you're on a Stanley Cup run, but there's a couple of guys you traded for this year for specifically this purpose. Guys brought in to be a, a little bit of your enforcers. I think we would have seen some retaliation, and I don't buy into whatever Twitter is spinning in your head right now. Okay, mm, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think he did do a little extra on purpose. Okay, I'm not saying he did it on the whole thing on purpose, right? But you know what? Even besides the point, okay. Here's something that I hear hockey guys say all the time, like hockey fans that, you know, you know, the hockey guy, the one that just, you know, I love true. You're hockey now whatever, offending right? any hockey fans we have listening. Sorry, sorry. So, sorry. so <laughs> but 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 what I keep hearing from from people that do actually know hockey very well is that you are responsible for your stick. Right. It's kind of where the high sticking rule comes in. Right. Because I always get confused. The stick goes high and nothing gets called. And, you know, I talk to someone that knows the game better than I do. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it didn't hit anybody. Like you're in control of your stick and you are responsible for what happens with your stick, right? I think the same thing should apply here. The same philosophy. Like, you know what? Yeah, in that, did he get a high sticking call on that? No, I don't think he, I don't think he got anything. Because how is that any different than a high sticking out in in the middle of the ice? I I don't know. Maybe, maybe hockey guy can tweet us at Red Rock Sports 1 and let us know. (laughs) But I, I I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like there's this philosophy that, like, did you mean to? Did you not? It's kind of even look at basketball, right? When they're looking at flagrant fouls, they're not trying to officiate intent. That's not the point of what a flagrant foul is. It doesn't matter if you meant to hit him in the face or or in the didn't mean to hit him in the face. You hit the guy in the face and it's it's deemed to be unnecessary contact. That's a flagrant foul. I feel like there should be something coming uh, for Johansson. That's how you say his name, right? Johansson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, just because there has to be some accountability. I do think that that is, I almost think intent is regardless of the point. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Okay. You're, I, you're actually selling me on, here? no, you're actually selling me on that point that, Hey, a stick hit him in the face, regardless of whether he intended to or not, it's his fault. I All can right. get, like, I we're can, not here to, uh, I can get on board with that, but I, I don't think there was any malicious intent to try to get in and injure someone. But and now, and now, and now you're still be. on. Did you feel like you be. saw that throughout the series though? I know they, that, that Nashville kind of has that reputation. I mean, They're a kind team, of a, a they've dirty kind player. of been known to be dirty, Specifically right? him. He is known to be a dirty player. And so is Nazem Kadri. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, did you feel like, Connor, you saw that throughout the rest of the series? Any other situations uh, where you felt like guys were maybe crossing that line into dirty? Uh, you know what? Not so much, but, but more... I would imagine because it just really wasn't all that close. I mean, I actually saw a little bit of that in game one. So the abs are blowing them out, right? And at the end of the game, I actually saw quite a few times where they were intentionally trying to just get in, get in the avalanche to try to get him to retaliate, to get him to respond and to... Uh, Kadri's credit to Kale McCarr's credit to Nathan McKinnon's credit all three of them I saw three separate instances in game one where they tried to do something pretty cheap like they tripped up uh, Kale McCarr and then they kind of put a guy put a stick in between his legs and held him and Kale McCarr just kind of ends up looking around shrugs his shoulders with a smile on like the heck is this (laughs) you know Uh, so to their credit they did not get drawn down into that but no I did not see that this series but I wonder how much of that is just a factor of they were getting their butts beat by a clearly in, or a superior team. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a little different yeah. when if, if there's a game seven, I think you would have seen more of that. If there's a game six, you would have seen more of that. For me right now, something I'm trying not to get too caught up in the moment that at the Avalanche, for as much as the Predators goal and approach in this series was to try to be physical and try to intimidate the avalanche in in ways that have been effective in the past. I've expressed that concern when we've had Tyler Walge on the show. I've asked him that question. That's always, to me, been what's held the avalanche back. Their inability to handle the, the physicality of the playoffs. 
and but it's not their inability to fight or or no match a cheap no shot. And, and and this it's is not this is I guess changing the topic a little bit from the the cheap shots to just the physical nature the physical play and I'm trying to not get too caught up in the moment that the Avalanche looked so good against that in fact so many times they use that to their advantage a guy like Kale McCarr with his speed when they try to get physical with him he's maneuvering around them and now is wide open able to make plays with the puck so I, I, I'm encouraged to see the, a, a different kind of vibe from the Avalanche against the physicality, and I'm curious to see, you know, how do teams now play the Avalanche coming off of that? The physicality of the of Nashville's play didn't affect the Avalanche at all. Do teams change their approach at all, or do you think that they're still going to see everyone try to be physical with the Avalanche in the next series? Oh, I think they're still going to try to be physical. I guess it depends on the team and kind of what, what their goal and strategy is, I guess, you know? Um but but no, I, I do believe that it's... I mean, hey, it's playoff hockey. I think a lot of teams are going to try and be physical, right? Um, I do think that's going to continue. One thing I, lo- I loved watching in this series is Nathan McKinnon, man. And I know this isn't anything new, right? This happened last year, too. I, I would actually say kind of last year was Nathan McKinnon getting this different side of his play. But he is playing some excellent physical defense and some he's he's being really physical at the point of attack and uh in our in the offensive zone and he's saving pucks from from leaving our zone because he's doing a really great job with his forecheck and with his stick and he's he's not kind of you know early career nathan mckinnon when he was younger he would try to kind of always outmaneuver you you know what i mean he he got a little fancy with his stick sometimes he he wanted to make the pass before taking the hit now you see him just using his body he's not a small guy by any means for hockey standards. Um, and he's using his body. He's getting positioned. So I really like to see that. I, I think the Avs are uh, up for the challenge of, of physical NHL playoff hockey this year. I know. It's so hard not to get caught up. Like, dude, they it looked is. good. They looked so good. Well, you know, they did look good. I, I, I was talking to one of my buddies about it who's huge NHL fan, watches tons of hockey games from him, uh, tons of teams, too. It's not just uh, his his team is the the Wild, Minnesota Wild. But uh, he was watching, and he, he was urging me that, hey, man, don't even – don't even feel anything about this series. Nashville sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's his. That is his and, and, take on and it. And maybe that's just the reality of what we're looking at is what we should have expected, which is right. the Avs beating up on a team well, that's frankly and, not and, and that good. In fact, good. he takes it a step farther and says, "You underperformed. The Avs oh. underperformed because you should have beat that team seven to two, seven to three, five to three, whatever every game, and you had an overtime game and you had one that was a one goal game until an empty netter when they won the series. He's like, there's two games that they were right with you, you know, the whole the whole time. It's one of them was in the uh, in the ball arena. Playoff hockey. It's uh, playoff hockey. It's playoff hockey. It I, I, I it feel is. very good about the where the Avs are at. I, I think very important for them to get Darcy Kemper back. But if he's not back, where is your level of confidence if Pablo Franco's has to keep playing in this series? Is it Franco or Franco's? I always thought it was Franco, but they were saying Franco's last night. You're giving me the same look. We're going to go with I think is what it is. Okay, I perfect. We're, we're going to do it. Somebody please rip us on Twitter for watching this, Okay. <laughs> Hey, no, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's hard not to get swept up in this, right? This is like the first time. I know, time. I know, I know. But I asked you a question, damn it. How do you feel about if Pavel oh, Frenzos has to fine. be? Your, your, Connor's just care. already just walk no. into the Stanley Cup. Doesn't uh, even care. Well, first of all, it does, it's irrelevant because he's going to be back. Kemper's going to be back. I'm, t- I'm putting it on record right now. Hey, this is no insight here. I mean, we would have heard about it if something. You think about it, it's an eye injury, right? Like, if something serious happened to his freaking eyeball, like, you don't think they would be ruling him out already? No, this is hockey. It's all about mm. trying to convince the other team they need to be prepared for Darcy you Kemper. You and your mind games, man. Why do you just think they hockey. don't exist in professional sports? In fact, that's the reason you have a head coach on the sidelines in these games is to play a mind game with everyone else out there. Nah, he is overrated. trying to... Over- you're calling plays. You're trying to trick okay. them. You're I don't deny to- that. I don't deny that they try to do that. I'm just denying that it makes any damn difference. Oh, God, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It just does it, not every matter. Every workplace in every situation, it's important. Your frame of mind they, is they, important. They, where do you land on this? How much do mind games played between coaches in professional sports actually affect the outcome of a game? I think it depends on the sport. I think in football, it obviously matters a ton. Woo-hoo. I think that in yeah, you can't you can't give me the woo the mind games. So you're telling me you're telling me in. Well, you're telling okay. me Bill Belichick right. doesn't win. Hey, how many times half on his mind games? No, he wins off his schemes. 
Which is, his mind game. Yeah, his mind game. Uh-uh. So, anyways, uh-uh. that's not mind games. Yeah, mind games is. is getting what I define mind games as is trying to get into the head of the opponent, getting into their head by running a play on them that they have no idea how the hell you just accomplished what you just did. Now you are in his head, and that coach doesn't know how to call a game against you. I would agree. I think that it's a situation where it depends on the sport. I would say with hockey, it probably is in the middle of the road in regards to schemes, lines. Roster like uh, line changes, things like that. I think in basketball it matters. Mind games. I think in basketball aren't mind games. I think well, it depends on who you throw out there. I think now you're just asking what the effect the coach has on winning, and that's a whole different question. I am specifically asking. But but like you're you're telling me how you list things on an injury report, how you you know who you're putting out for your starting lineup, things like that. That has an impact on it. No, no, no. It's not just who you put out. No. Okay. So. By not putting Gabriel Landeskog, for example, no, on, your, on your first decision, not a mind game. On your first line, you don't not think a, so? No, I don't. Mind game is like is like uh, we saw uh, Steve Kerr do it against the Nuggets, where he says, "I'm not going to tell you if Steph Curry's going to start." Right? That's mind game. Sure. We don't know. It's the unknown out there. It's the Avalanche not putting in Kemper or not not releasing information. Kemper may go. He may not go. Right? That is my... It's Bill Belichick's But saying, what if I were to tell you that Pavel Franzos has a different glove hand? That doesn't impact a... a, a does he have a different glove? He does. All right. Well, uh, no, I'm... See, sure. the, that's why I'm just... I, I, oh, we're not going to... I don't think we need to spend a whole God half hour discussing no, but this. You're telling him, but you're telling me that the whoever, the St. Louis Blues or whatever, they haven't... They don't know what their game plan is going to be against Pablo No, Pensos I'm not saying that that determines their entire game so, plan, but there is a portion of how they're approaching this game for that sure. is impacted for sure. but as even, a result but of that. they didn't know until if game one... If it gives one, you 1% advantage, why wouldn't you do it? How oh, is man. that not winning with the mind game? If it's a 1% All advantage... Right. It gives you an We're advantage. We're going to have to agree to disagree because I do not think it gives you a 1%. I think it gives you a 0.00001% advantage. And yeah, sure, why not take it? I guess. Why not? But who cares? Who cares? What are we talking about here, Orange Slice, man? Come on. All right, all right. <laughs> Abs have finished this series. They have a week off here. And uh, so that gives us some time. We get a chance to see, watch, you know, the potential opponents for the Abs. Have you watched uh, them, by the way? Uh, have you been watching the Minnesota Blues? A little bit. Yeah, it's been a, a good game. It's been there. good. You know what's, what's pretty crazy to me about? It's not just them, too, but the, like all these games. They seem to be pretty close series, and yet there seem to be a lot of blowouts, <laughs> right? Like, is, is it just me, or is this, like, wild? Like, you, normally I feel like playoff hockey, when I just think playoff hockey, I think these, like, grinded out, like, and three I, goal I almost affairs. look at it the exact opposite, where, yeah, it's usually a very close game, but then the better team tends to edge it out more often than yeah. not. You end up with the 3-1, 4-1 like, series. like, we're seeing a but- blowout by one team, like you know, we're seeing St. Louis blow out the Wild, and then the Wild coming right back and blowing out St. Louis. Playoff hockey is the best. The best. and it's it's not close. The best, and we're we're gonna get into that a little bit. We're gonna t- discuss that uh, in just a moment. Before that, we got to talk about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, most of you listen out there familiar with daily fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is the same idea. If you guys have dealt with uh, DraftKings or FanDuel, only it's uh, a little bit unique because when you build your roster, you put together a roster of player props so a little bit different spin on it uh you can also do parlays for player props give it a chance guys if you go on there now you use our promo code red that's r-e-d you get a hundred dollars free they match up to a hundred dollars get on there it's thrive fantasy you can find them online thrivefantasy.com or download the app all right so i want to get your guys's take on that you bring up the nhl playoffs is the best okay and i don't know that i agree with you okay i i i am not sure that the nfl has got it or the nhl has got it best i just a little freudian slip there i think everyone knows where i'm going with that <laughs> um but i i think those two the nfl and the nhl probably well ahead of everyone else but i'm just curious ah. to see how you guys think how everyone does the, the, how the, the, the sports know, I, do the are we talking the, Are we talking the sports or are we talking professional sports? Professional sports. Yeah. We're going to say it's the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. Okay. Who does it best? Who does it worst? I'm actually going to say that. Uh, oh, who does it? I like how you phrase that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with, um, for me, it's a t- I, I know I'm going to get a lot and of And also give this. me a little bit of your criteria too because that's pretty take. big. I'm going to okay? get some hate for this. But I am going to say he's going to say baseball is the best. It's a tie between basketball and baseball, the, and the reason the, I say that the best or the 
the, the worst, best. right? The best. You, you the met best. the worst. No, though. the best. Let me let me explain. Okay, uh, I actually, you know, you know what? Screw the tie. I'm going to say it's basketball. Okay. It's basketball. Okay, and and the reason it's basketball is because. When you watch an NFL game, you watch an NHL game, you, you, watch, you watch football, hockey, or baseball, the game is pretty much the same to watch. I mean, it's the same types of things, right? I mean, you're not like drastically changing how you do things because it's the playoffs, right? You make adjustments, and obviously the intensity is ramped up. Obviously, playoffs is better in every sport, okay? But with basketball... It actually changes the entire how the game is played in basketball. There is the refs allow so much more. Nope. Uh, no, false, I would argue false, with you that of false. all the sports, baseball is probably the most similar from regular to, to yeah, postseason. No, yeah, it's, then, it's similar. Then yeah. basketball, I think hockey and football are both a bigger difference. In football, you see a lot of teams go a little bit more conservative. They start running the ball more. You don't see as much open, bad, you know, loose decision making. I shouldn't say bad, loose decision decision making yeah, people you pucker a little bit you know what? i think it changes how they do that your defensive schemes totally different this is why you see defensive teams always do very well or typically do very well in the playoffs you look at hockey we've talked about with the abs year after year how many times have they been the best offensive team you get in the playoffs if you're not that physical team that can play two ways you don't have success i think basketball is least different i think you if you are a successful team especially today's basketball it, it, it's it's very different no no yeah, but but as somebody who, you know, I, I know that they, I'm not alone here, probably not even in this room, but I know I'm not alone with our listeners out there. There are lots of people who get really sick of how basketball has become such a ticky tack. Like you put a hand on somebody and it's getting a foul call. And I feel like that's that way throughout the regular season. And then come playoff time, they're getting into each other on defense. And like the refs actually allow it because you can't just call a foul every single play. And it's still not the basketball we know from the the 90s or the 80s right you know what i mean it's not it's still not that brand of basketball and i'm not even gonna even approach that it's not anywhere close to that but i see a little bit more of that type of basketball which i really love i love more physical basketball and they actually allow it a little bit in the playoffs uh you know baseball like you said it's the same football i actually think football you see them go all out every play during the regular season because there's only 16 games Right, it's not seventeen or what? Seventeen, correct? <laughs> yeah, correct. Seventeen, <laughs> but but so I actually think with these game, with these sports, hockey, all the other sports, they have tons of games. So I tend to think throughout the regular season, it's a it's a much. I actually think football is probably the most similar in the playoffs because everyone is doing kind of. When you have a hundred games, eighty two games, you have a hundred sixty games. Jesus, in a season, you kind of get into a zone of like we're just trying to like maintain ourselves till we get to the playoffs. See, everyone out there, listen to that. Everyone that thinks that the MLB, NBA, and NHL seasons are not too long, that right there, that's it. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to maintain. We're just trying to make it through it. This is rough. I think NBA is so overly officiated. The season started off pretty good where they weren't going to call fouls, but I guess a, a prime example would be like a, a Chris Paul is the immediate answer that comes to mind. A James Harden, who actually, in my opinion, is getting less calls because it's so bad. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger NBA fan than I am any other sport. It's really hard to watch, especially in the playoffs. It's really hard for me to enjoy it. And Bede gets a ton of calls. I would even argue Jokic doesn't go to the line, but he flops so much. He's super hard to officiate. For those reasons, Alex, I'm going to go down. It's at the bottom of my list in regards to enjoyment. Fourth? Until, is that fourth on your third, list? Third. It's third. I have that third on mine baseball, as well. Baseball is pretty... Well, you know what? I'll go, I'll go basketball fourth. I'll go Ooh. baseball... Or excuse me, uh, basketball fourth. Baseball third. Second is NFL because it's one game. I wish they would play three games. I know that is literally pretty much impossible. If they could do a best of three, that'd be awesome. And, uh, and then hockey. And it's okay. not close. The hitting, yeah. they allow so much. Like they beat the absolute. Nick's putting baseball above basketball. This is a Interesting. tremendous this is, day. Wow. Because baseball wow. is so monotonous okay, gonna, and boring. <laughs> I'm going to tell you so guys why I think MLB is by and large the worst. Ooh. And then, Connor, you can tell me why you think it's so great, okay? Uh, first of all, nobody cares about baseball in October. This is just Ooh. stupid. The NFL is in full swing. Football is going. Everyone Facts. has moved on. Facts. Unless you are an elite fan or your team's in it, nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Also, the only sport that physically cannot be played in certain weather conditions. 
Why the hell would you play it in the middle of fall? Yep. You play your championship mm-hmm. where you're going to have snow and extreme rain that can prevent you from playing World Series games or drastically compromising your ability to play the game. That adds to football. That adds to the the, the idea. That is what football is. It is a, a sport that is played outdoors. It's rough and tough. And, baseball and yet, is you'll, a play and yet you'll never see a Super Bowl played in poor conditions. I, I've never said never. No, no. That's that New York. But, yeah, but, but not New York. But not, not by... It's by design. Like if they really right. had, if they, they really had to play, well, and they, they but, would still play through and, it, and they would play through it. And the For reason sure. is, Connor, is to get fans in and yeah. to have a spectacle. So they did it in Indianapolis, where I believe the weather was nice. But they they do it purposely to create an atmosphere. It's less so to avoid the conditions rather than to maximize profit. So that's the main part of it. You're it telling me played they can't maximize in the fall. profit. You, you're telling me the New York Super Bowl was any less profitable for them? No, but the Minnesota Super yeah, Bowl I absolutely would. was I, I, because I would that was freezing. Conditions and yes, it was in a dome, but you had to travel by train or by some yes, form of vehicle it, back and forth. To and the on stadium, top of that, when you go to a nobody place, went out. And when you go to a place like New York, it's just an extra thing that's happening. They've got Broadway down there. They've got a bunch of stuff going on. All you had to do was go two blocks over. They purposely put it in places where they can maximize the revenue and the bars and the whole thing. They purposely put it into a, a spot where it's like like Denver, which would never happen, but like Indianapolis, oh, where it's a dump in the center of the city where you maximize where people can stay, what they're doing. Radio Row would love to go to Radio Row. Once, so. uh, once uh, Walmart's, you, once Walmart's stadium is built, Walmart they will be here. Discount. Okay. I, I do. Discount. I do. Uh, I, I do hear what you're saying. I agree with you, but I just don't think it has to do with weather. I think it's more about the location. Like it's like you said, no, but, but going back to my point, though, with when it comes to to baseball is it's the sport itself is not really capable of being played in inclement weather conditions. Well, they so stop the worst, games. So actually the worst place to play, or the worst time of the year, generally speaking, across the entire country. I mean, obviously, Arizona, you're good all year. But but generally speaking, the worst is actually spring. Exactly. Get rid of both of them. Play it during <laughs> the damn summer. That's where baseball belongs. So that's the first one. The other one is, while there's only 12 teams that make the playoffs, too many bad teams get in. And that's just a sign of the lack of parity within Major League Baseball. I think you get some extremes where you get some of these Florida Marlin type teams that go on runs, the Colorado Rockies that go on a run to a World Series. But but too often, it's your blue blood programs, it's your top seeds, and I just feel like you end up with bad series, uh, especially until you get closer to, to the end of it. But, okay. But, but what? Okay. But baseball traditionally has been the least amount of teams. And, and partly, I will say, I am traditionally because so, it's so I am, I am a little bit uh, biased, recency bias here because they did expand the last couple but of years. But those are playoffs, uh, myself included. Many people don't really count. Those they are. What, are, what are we? Are they regular season games or do you have to win They're to continue games. to move? They are playing weak, games. Weak, it's a part of the playoffs. So weak, it's a part of the playoffs. Okay. The first tier of playoffs okay included in there so that is why i have mlb the worst what tell me why mlb is so great let me me tell you where i where i think the the way you phrase the question how they do it meaning the league how how they choose to like produce their playoffs right that actually goes against the nba in my mind it's the only reason i had nba not being up there for me is because I think they do it terribly. <laughs> like they they drag out the NBA playoffs Awful. for so long. Like you don't need to have three days rest between a between your next playoff game. You just don't. Like, come on, man. And Get that's why hockey is so awesome. And, a day and, between games, whoever's feeling the flow, whoever's hot. Sure. Well, and, and I think in basketball, honestly, they should make the first round of five game series instead of, instead of seven. Games. I believe it was like thirty yeah, years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so, so I think NBA NBA has some problems. But in terms of baseball, I love how they do it. Now, call me a uh, you know, I'm like somewhere. Okay, I have like one foot in baseball purist world, and then one foot in like get rid of the umpires. Like I'm down to change a lot of things about baseball. So I kind of straddle that line, but. I think the baseball purist side of me can't get over the Mr. October, the October baseball, October lights, like the, the frigid air causing Pass. the ball to go farther. Mr. July, Mr. August sounds yeah, pretty yeah, good too. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, you tell us how you feel out there at Red Rock Sports 1. What is your favorite playoffs for all of the four main sports and why? And tell Jared why he is wrong. 
<laughs> couple more points I just have to bring up with things, okay? And why these... Um, and, uh, if you didn't know, guys, the listeners out there, and gals, hopefully there's some gals listening as well. Uh, I'm a pessimist. I, I tend to, uh, you know... Despite think, the orange, vi- uh, orange slice yeah, vibe, you're well, a pessimist. All right. I, I, I think negatively about most things in the world. Uh, NBA. 20 teams. And then don't tell me your play-in isn't a, isn't a playoffs. 20 teams. 20 teams out of 30 make the playoffs. They what? Do, but they don't. Two-thirds. Two-thirds of your league. You can't tell me don't give me the... Two-thirds of your league plays <laughs> in games beyond the regular season. Is that better? <laughs> is that better? It they are better. still playing after the regular season is it over. Is better, but no that is not how it's supposed games to be. Don't matter. The top no third of the league should make it into the playoffs. That's a joke. You, you had to in the NBA though, because you got it, it, it has absolutely helped the tank. And I'm the I'm the orange slice guy. I'm the orange slice guy, but, but you want to make sure everyone feels warm and fuzzy no, and gets in the I playoffs. Make sure, I want to make sure that we're not having eight teams trying to lose every single game at the end of the year. It sounds it, like it, their problem, man. It, but, it, but it affects the good teams. It affects everybody. It's kind of like in your fantasy league, right? When you're playing fantasy football and like, doesn't it suck when you're in like a, like a really close race and the guy that you're in a race with is playing like the worst team in the league and that worst pl- team in the league can't even bother to like set his lineup. Don't you just say, come on, man, like at least set a lineup, like try, right? It sucks. And the NBA had a problem with it. That was their response to it. Like, hate it or love it, that was their response to the problem. Okay, it seems like, yeah, man, it just, uh, the NFL gets it right. Okay, this is why the NFL does it okay, best. In okay, in terms of doing it best, I agree with you. The and NFL and does I it think the, the biggest, the biggest thing that the NFL, this is not specific to the playoffs, but their model is less is more. And they're ruining that. By the way, they are currently in the process year after year of ruining the less is more. You guys are hearing about now they're doing multiple Monday night games and all these I like Monday. I like multiple Monday night games. Really? Yeah, I got I don't I can't stay up that late. That game starts at 8 o'clock, man. You know, the key is you got to do a bowling league and you get the tower of beer and you just got games going the whole time. But Monday, that just ruins your week. That ruins your week. No, that sets me up for success. No, and see, I end up just tuning out it and then half the time the thursday games are so bad they put the worst matchups on thursday night i don't even care to watch it i um, thursday night's rough sometimes but i still like it uh, i don't like thursday night but i i'll do my i'll do as many give me three monday night games three because i've heard that they're adding multiple weeks this year now, now with, with multiple monday you know what I, thing I will say i like those games I wish, in theory, that they could just pretty much all be on Sunday. I guess with with, Saturday. A, with a Monday night game, like that would be cool. But because I don't subscribe to the NFL ticket and have access to every single, like I love Red Zone. We've talked okay, about it. Red right, Zone's yep. great, but at the same time. I like how they have a Thursday and a Monday because it allows me to be able to see more games. more games. And so I like that. Okay, so you're a Red Zone watcher? Are oh, you guys Red both Zone. Red Zone watchers? Yeah, I like Sunday Ticket too. I just need more TVs. So would you agree <laughs> with this statement if I told you that the worst time for the Broncos to play is 11 a.m.? Like, no, that's no, no, the no, worst no. game. The worst game is the 7.30 London game that they got. No, that's beautiful. I wake up and I watch just the Broncos and then no. I flip over to the other games. I'm up early though. I'm an old man, but I just hate, I hate the 11 a.m. game because then you miss all the other games. It is absolutely prime. And otherwise, I mean, I'd still put it on on the iPad, but it's just not the same watching the red zone on iPad. Yeah, I hear you. I think 11 a.m. does suck because the red zone is the best at 11. So hopefully now we'll get a little bit more, some prime time action. We'll be the feature games. I think they're releasing the schedule officially Uh, this week. Tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. Okay. I I believe it's so. So again, yeah, we're recording. It's Tuesday, May 10th. So that'll come out. um, I think it's Wednesday. I could be wrong on that. They've released a few things um, just to, to touch on it real quick. I know you, mentioned the london game 7 30 uh at jacksonville so that is not one of the home games so for you home uh Perfect. season ticket holders uh you don't have to worry about that one at all and then uh i think the other one i heard was like christmas weekend they christmas play day. Christmas, christmas day, day. Uh, 4 eastern uh at la rams at la rams the is what day of the week is christmas on sunday this year? it is sunday yeah. Ooh. Is it? Ooh, I'm, I'm like a lot of sure. wives and mothers. Oh, you're and right. Children you're right. are not going to be happy about that. Cause no, it is. That's why there's all these games played on Christmas because um, yeah, uh, it is Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So who's going to have a have it worse? Dads that have to deal with all their kids stuff on Christmas or you just have Christmas. Santa should come at like three 30 in the morning. So you just get it all out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> pre-build everything. Connor pre-build everything before Christmas day. So you can watch your football. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Always, always. No. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on. I think that was a good, uh, good little discussion. I, I, I just am surprised. I'm actually really surprised that you guys. I thought we would all kind of be in the same direction there. No, um, NHL's great, but NFL, they, they got it right, man. And and less is more. That's the key to it all. Um, Connor, did we have a this day in sports history this week? I, 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 didn't I only have one for even you. Even asked that beforehand. Okay, okay, let's tee this up then. This day in sports history. 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 All right. This day in sports history. It's going to be a quick one this time, although I have one crazy story for you. So, uh, all right. Let's see here. It is April 8th, 1936. Horse jockey Ralph Neves. I could be saying that wrong. Neves. Unexpectedly revived after being declared dead after a fall. His wife faints when he returns to the track and races. Now, now before, let me give you just a tiny, because I looked this up, because I'm like, well, what the heck is that, right? So this guy, Ralph Naves, 19-year-old sports jockey, right? Um, Gets in a, he's on a warm-up track, or he's on one of his races, whatever. He falls off, hits his head, crumples down. Doctors declare him dead. He wakes up at the morgue. Okay. Oh, he got <laughs> he, all the way, all to, the the way to the morgue. And he wakes up. Sweet. Stumbles out and he's kind of panicking, looking around like all he can remember is like racing and then he's here, right? He busts out of the morgue with a trail of doctors and nurses like running after him. Like, what are you do- like what? Like shocked. Goes, gets on a train, you know, to to the racetrack, takes a cab, get me to that racetrack, and comes out. To go race again. Say he won. Before he passes out on his first one. Of course he did. Of course he did. (laughs) On his first one. (laughs) Uh, And and, and so his wife and him pass out. Uh, They, you know, revive him the next day. He insists on racing comes back and he wins the race. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say in the story of this, he actually wins, but like if they made a movie, but it's true. He did win. Wow. Oh, no, Isn't that wild? So he remains to this day, the first jockey to be pronounced dead and then come back and race. The so day. if you're pronounced <laughs> dead, they fill out the paperwork and everything. I mean, like all your debts get wiped out and <laughs> there, right? Should I mean, right? cue the you life could insurance. Just take like a, yeah. Get the life insurance policy. I, hey, I, I think we're on to something here. <laughs> All right, and then there's just one more, uh, just because it pertains to our glorious abs right now in this nice run. We got on the 10th of April, 2013, Joe Sackick was hired by the Colorado Avalanche as executive vice president of hockey operations. That move was mocked when it happened. I think people thought that was a like feel-good move. They're going to give him a chance back with the organization, and he has turned this whole entire thing around and they are i mean he is looked at as one of the like models for how you do it absolutely so i that's pretty sweet i I think the that uh good moment for joe sackick he was uh amongst the best uh heroes for colorado all time as an athlete so good to see him have have one great joe sackick story okay okay uh so this was uh and this was told i believe on a local i I believe it was on altitude radio to give credit to to where i heard this from um Back in the, the 2001 Avs second uh, Stanley Cup run, there was a game where the Avs got beat, right? And they go to the locker room, and Patrick Waugh is cussing people out, calling people out, saying, you know, not good, whatever. He's just calling people out. He's throwing water coolers across the room, ripping things out of people's lockers. And Joe Sackick is sitting there watching him. Let's him go. Joe cool. Let lets him go for, for a few minutes, right? Just freaking out, calling everyone out, and then he just goes, Patrick, that's enough. <laughs> and Patrick allegedly stops immediately, sits down, and Joe Sackick proceeds to address the team and they go on to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> so so if the avalanche of the nineties were a mob family, Sackick is the boss and, <laughs> yeah. and Wa is like his thug enforcer type. Yeah, well, Waz kind of the emotional leader, yeah. right? He's yeah. Joe Pesci in Yeah, he's uh, Joe Pesci. Casino. Yeah, he's Joe Pesci. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. That's All right. Good, good, good story. little yeah, Joe good story. Good I like you. that. I like that. All right. As promised, we do want to give a little bit of uh, love to our man, Nikola Jokic, winning his back-to-back MVP, becoming one of only 13 players in NBA history to win back-to-back MVPs. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's been a, a lot of talk now nationally and a lot of people criticizing whether or not it's truly deserved if they feel like uh you know it, it 
you know, anyways, we, 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 we've gone at length of this. I want to bring in a quote here from 538, okay? And I think this is a very good job explaining the challenge of why people struggle so much to evaluate Nikola Jokic. So this is a quote from 538. Appraising Nikola Jokic as a scorer presents the same challenge as watching an early career Steph Curry or Dirk Nowitzki. The bulk of his points come in ways that still seem like they shouldn't consistently work. Do you guys agree with that? I think that really hit home to me when I saw that. It's like, I think this is why people struggle so much to evaluate Nikola Jokic. No, that's a horrible take in my opinion. I don't think it matters how they come if they come. If you score them, they will come. (laughs) I just, uh, it's so ridiculous. I'm not as big into the advanced metrics. I think for basketball, I think advanced metrics can be tough for basketball. I think it's more of a, again, call me ignorant, but I think it's, it's tough to measure like defensive efficiency and it's tough to measure certain things. But I do, I do think that when you, he's an awesome player. Would I have been upset if he didn't get it? No. Do I think him and Embiid, probably had the same season in regards to value absolutely but there's no denying he's a top five player yeah no doubt i think uh, i agree with nick but i will say uh i will say this i <laughs> i do think advanced analytics can be flawed of course right especially in ba- like it kind of started in baseball you saw all these saber metrics come in and start really taking control of the game you see all these shifts now and everything right it's it's basically how baseball is played with analytics now I think that people try to make that same mistake with basketball and it doesn't really work like that. You you go look at defensive rating. Nikola Jokic is is better than Embiid, better than Giannis, I believe. Like does anybody really watch the games and say Nikola Jokic is a more impactful, better defender than Joel Embiid? Like I know there's some Nuggets nation out there on Twitter that think so, but like no, absolutely not. That's crazy. Like I, I'm sorry, Nikola Jokic deserves the credit for improving defensively. Yes. He makes an impact defensively. Yes, he is a positive player on the defensive end of the basketball court. Yes, but he's not a top five defender in the league. Th- those stats are skewed because he's a he's an excellent rebounder. Um, oftentimes, he's you know guarding the worst player on the court on the floor, um, and, and it's it's skewed a little bit. See, so. I think you guys are kind of falling victim to what so many of the national media point to of where every time anyone that's a Nuggets supporter and a Nicole Jokic supporter always points to, oh, the stats this, the analytics that, those sorts of things. I think this, when I hear this quote, what I take from it is he's doing things in ways that nobody has done before. And so people can't really believe that that's a sustainable model. And I think Steph Curry more than Nowitzki, but Steph Curry is the example to me where when Steph Curry first started doing it and was first successful in the NBA, people were like, yeah, yeah, okay, he's hitting some shots. You know, this will fade. People will figure him out. They won't be able to do this. And then once he proved, no, this guy is the best at this. He is so damn good, you can't stop him. And I think that is the point where you're seeing with Jokic where people are like, ah, no, he can't keep doing this. He's just got this gangly look to him he's just a little bit you know awkward to see he doesn't look like your typical MVP he doesn't do things Joel Embiid is your prototypical 90s 2000s big man he is your you know Shaq but he He is your David Robinson sure yes he does add that element but he's a big defends on the perimeter physical guy he does things in ways that people are used to seeing Nikola Jokic does not and I think when you look at a lot of the all-time greats that's what they did they started establishing a new way of playing a new way of being successful and that's what I take from this quote and I absolutely think that is on point for why people are so critical of Jokic is he doesn't do things the way traditional big men do that's fair I think obviously obviously we're seeing with Nikola Jokic things that big men don't do I mean he is essentially he's a whole package he's a point center I mean when you know best passing big man since what like Bill Walton I mean I mean I really don't know best passing big man for for quite a long time and he's he's a different player I get what you're saying um but I think what you're really getting at is is that he's not the athlete right? Like so many times what we see dominate basketball is the athletic, right? So you use Steph Curry as an example. And that's a good example. He's not necessarily, he's not, he doesn't win purely on athleticism. uh, Not at all. Yeah. I I do think an underrated part of his game is getting to the hole, but that's neither here nor there. He, Steph Curry is a good example. He is not, he has changed the game because he is dominating in a different way. Right. Uh, now, 
it wasn't just though one I want to latch on to one thing you said. You you said that he changed the game until and people were kind of just like, "Oh, that's not how you do it." Until they realize it is how you do it. But that point came when they won a championship. Okay? This is not going Nikola Jokic will not have that impact until they can prove that he can win a championship. Now, I will say one thing. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. 11 NBA legends have won two or more MVPs through their seventh season, including LeBron, Michael Jordan, and of course, Nikola Jokic. Only Nikola Jokic of those 11 have never played with an all-star teammate in that span. That's it. He's the only one that has not played with an all-star teammate, including LeBron, MJ. uh, And and, and so to, to, to tie that into what you're saying here, Nikola Jokic, yes, needs to win a championship for that impact, for that legacy to really kind of have a ripple effect throughout the NBA in a very sustainable, meaningful way, like how Steph Curry did. But he hasn't had the help, man. He has not had the help. Get this man some help. I also want to shout out one of our Twitter Twitter followers, Nikola Jokic fan at N Jokic Fan Club, who uh, actually gave us that stat. So I uh, appreciate that out there. But yeah, man, isn't that crazy? Hasn't had a single all. I mean, you think about it. He has that. I'm, I'm literally teammate. breaking down year after year, and it's that's never shocking to me that you know that that is a true statement. So that does lead to a question. You talk about his legacy, Nikola Jokic's legacy. There's only 13 players ever to win back to back. 11 of those guys have championships. Nikola Jokic does not. Steve Nash does not. Okay. Now, would you say? In order for Nikola Jokic to join the Mount Rushmore, okay, I, I like, I know Nick's used that statement before. We don't need to talk about who the greatest is. Does he belong in that top 5 to 10, 12, 15, whatever you want to make that group? Does he belong in the best of the best, or does that championship put him in that? I think, he, I, unfortunately, it's the one thing that I tend to kind of agree with on some of these haters in the national media. I do think, actually, before I say, I want to preface this. I hate talking about players' legacies when they're in their seventh year of, a, of, of their career. I hate this it. This is why I do it. <laughs> I freaking hate it. I really do. Like, I absolutely hate it. It's like LeBron James, people were talking about when he was leaving Cleveland, like, oh, well, he, or when he left, uh, you know. Originally? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, was, so he had, what did he have, Nick? Do you know how many years he played in Cleveland originally? I want to say uh, seven or eight. Seven or eight, right? Yeah. So kind of about where Nikola is, right? And he left, and people were like, oh, his legacy or whatever. Little do they know, his best decade of basketball is literally no. ahead of him. Can we talk about that, though? <laughs> LeBron ruined his legacy as soon no. as he left no. Cleveland, man. No, That's see, when it's just hate gotten this. worse and worse and worse, and now everyone hates him. Everyone's going to, he's going to oh, remember God. being the, the villain oh, now. Oh, Jared. Jared is- you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the <laughs> villain okay and lebron james has okay, become no. the villain. Yeah. no definitely not all right so i so i'm gonna preface saying i hate it for on the record i hate talking about okay. legacies before their careers over now, because now we that we've know. heard that give the people what they want now that i say that yes he has to win a championship if he's going to be included in that elite top 15 20 player of all time i, I, I it is it, it is you people look at that list of back-to-back mvp players right and of course, Steve Nash is the one that sticks out. Everyone Do you want me to let Steve me Nash. read it real quick? Kareem, yeah. Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Wilt, LeBron James, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic. And, and, and Giannis is like the one that maybe right now he's still. I know he won a championship, no, but he's I, a Finals MVP. Is he? Is he, is he a, a Mount Rushmore guy though? I think he's eventually. We'll get if there. If you're talking a top twenty player of all time, yes, I do think so. You think so? I do. There's a lot of seventy five years of the NBA. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jokic has to win at least probably two, if not three. I think Ooh. it's pretty irrelevant to talk Ooh. about right now. There's so many players, not necessarily maybe better with in regards to basketball, but with a better resume. It's pretty obvious that he has to win two or three at minimum to even get close to the Mount Rushmore. I think I think Nash was like 30th or 40th on the top end NBA, and those are game changers. Is he a unique player? Yeah. One championship, like, it's just not even close to cutting it. You Sorry, I'm a Nash huge... Nash is 20th or 30th according to what? The, NB, the NBA 75. Well, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't rank him. Well, yeah, ESPN, went, ESPN, ESPN went and ranked him, but the NBA the did not just rank the NBA, The 75 committee. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Excuse me. So the but NBA didn't actually No, I don't think it's even... I don't even think he's close. But I, again, to your point, Connor, I hate to talk about it. Um, 
okay, but now that you said that, I am going to talk about it here, all right? I, th- I do think right now, right now, if Nikola Jokic never played another basketball game in his life, he absolutely should be on the top 75. Yeah, well, oh, we're, not yeah. Talking about that. we're talking about Mount Rushmore, so I yeah. just... Yeah, so I don't Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's, what, what are you talking I, about here? Top I mean, 20? Okay, I don't even see, think this Jokic is where you do start to. Yet. This no. is where you do start no. to get weird. I or mean, a top forty player. I just, uh, see. I think he's right around there. Sure, I, fine, I whatever. He's right the top forty. Or, yeah, I mean, I hate to talk semantics. It's it's a totally argument that can just go on and on. But I just it's he's got he's got to win at least two or three. I just sorry. See, and to me, you talk about legacy. It's impossible to know now. But let's let's jump forward twenty years, thirty years in the future, years after Jokic is gone. Him winning two championship or, or winning two MVPs is is, is going to be remembered, similar to how Steve Nash is. But you're not going to remember that ah he never had the talent around him to go win a championship. It wasn't as well. You will you will remember if he wins two or three championships. Like damn, that was the best player of that well, era. That, he was the best in that time. Those after LeBron MVPs. left, after LeBron passed the torch, it was Jokic that took it. Right. I don't think right now he's to me. That's how you get to become a Mount Rushmore. You were the best for a five to ten year span. Yeah, I think uh, I, I disagree with Nick on, on two to three championships, but I think one to two. I think at least one, probably two. I think if he can get two championships, I think he will cement himself as a legend. But, you know, look at the NBA right now. You got so many good players, great players, amazing players. Uh, you don't really have that kind of like how it's different. you have Jordan yeah. and then you had LeBron. And, and now it's like... You got like five or six guys. That Actually, to be honest with you, though, I think the Jordan era was really the only time where he was the distinct best player in that era. You look back before that. Well, you, had Larry, the, you had Larry, Larry and Magic, and then you had yeah. Oscar Robinson, but then you had Bill Russell. Yeah, and you all, you, there, the, there's the a, always had a couple players. You had Will, you know, Will. Yeah, sure, you, sure. You, so, so, but but, but it's uh, giving me a look. I want to know what that look is, Nick. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand how you can. He's got to like start breaking scoring records. And granted, again, he's in his what seven? We just said seventh year. I, I believe that's seventh right. or eighth year. He's like twenty. He's got a long way to go. It's just honestly, and, and, to and Nick's he point, hasn't even had a full team yet. He, he would you even say he is? I mean, yes, he's bet one back to back MVPs. We believe he is among the best in the NBA. But is he even the definitive best player in the NBA right now? Well, no, right. No. And so I mean, like, no. I think to be in the Mount Rushmore conversation, you need to be a top two or three for five, 10 years in the NBA. I think he is elevated to that level. If he continues to play that way for several years, wins a couple of championships, we can talk about it. But I definitely think there is a, a level where he is an all time. Great. Uh, he will go down an all time. He'll he will. be, a, yeah. he will be a hall of famer because he absolutely belongs in the hall of fame. God, well, of course uh, he's going to be a hall of famer, <laughs> but you look at that list of 13 that you mentioned, right? And everyone always points at Steve Nash as, as the weak link on there. Right. And the reason is championships. It had Steve Nash won a couple championships, nobody would be talking about how Steve and just Nash... just at a glance, I, I think everyone except for Giannis has won multiple championships. Hmm, Looking at that list. Look at. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I know you got Kareem, Bill Russell, Jordan, Will, LeBron James. Yeah, I'm pretty Wilt, sure all of them. Wilt only won one. Wilt only won one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, anyways. Uh, but, okay. A little bit more of a quantifiable question that's a little bit... I mean, it is still projecting forward, but uh, so 13 players have won two. Only eight players have won more than that. MVPs, that is. No, he won't win another one. Does he? He won't. <laughs> he won't win another one no, in his I don't career. Think so. I'm going to say yes because he's going to win a championship, and then he's going to win the MVP after he wins the year that after as like a. Uh, homage yeah so i I think now because of how close these last couple races have been unfortunately i think it's going to take a championship uh for or or at the very least a championship run where they're in the finals and Jokic goes toe-to-toe with i don't know let's just say Giannis or somebody right and they're just both putting up these monster numbers and it's a competitive series and the nuggets go to like six or seven and lose like then he can win another mvp right now i think too many people hey man like it or not, like people are humans, right? I mean, the, these voters are human beings and they feel scorned in a way. There are a significant portion of these people. I would be willing to bet that would change their vote if they could right now to, to Embiid because they saw how the Nuggets got out. And that's not fair. That is, which is why BS. they make them turn it in before the playoffs. Right. It's a regular season award. It is not a playoffs award. It's not fair at all. And, and then look at what Nicole Jokic did in the playoffs. Freaking owned. I mean, he, he still is, is absolutely dominating, you know, in the playoffs, and he just didn't have the team around him. You know, at the end of the day, Nick said it 
five, six times on this show, you can't win an NBA championship. You can't go on a championship run with a single player. It's so rare. Like that is so hard to do in the NBA. You got to have another person. You have to. You guys remember at the beginning of the season when I suggested they should just sit Jokic down for the whole year? It was dumb. You think they would have been in the lottery if they'd have done that? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a... I mean, they obviously wouldn't have made the playoffs, so they would have been in the lottery. But we, you think we're... I mean, where do you think you the would Nuggets never finish? That. I know they would never do it, but if Jokic had not been available this season, oh, how God. bad is this team? Are they are they a bottom uh, 10 team, bottom if, 5 if team? If Jokic didn't play, then I, I do think they're a, a lottery team, so... You know, I just saying, I adding a adding a, a nice uh, piece in this, that right? top five overall pick would have been I'm, pretty good for next year. I'm gonna just say, I know Joel. And, and listen, for everyone out there, I've said it many times. I really like Joel Embiid. I really do. I don't think you have to tear Joel Embiid down to prop Jokic up. I I hate how Nuggets fans, a lot of them, have gotten sucked into the toxicity of the Philly fan base, which everybody knows is one of the most toxic fan bases out there. I mean, seriously, like Philly fans are Philly fans. They're freaking crazy. They all, uh, the the all um, saying always goes, they booed Santa. But I will say, man, for, for people out here talking about, hey, Jokic gets ejected. You know, Jokic is out, they say in Cancun. No idiot. He's in Serbia. <laughs> but, but the point is, he's not playing basketball, so he shouldn't win this award, whatever. I know Joel has been hurt, but let me just take a look. I'm just going to run through some of these numbers here, okay? This is just the playoffs. No advanced data, just regular stats, okay? Nikola Jokic, 31 points a game. Joel Embiid, 24 points a game. Rebounds, 13.2 Nikola, 11.3 Embiid. Assists, 5.8, 2.1. And then Nikola Jokic has one block a game. Embiid has 0.9 a game. Nikola Jokic has 1.6 steals, 0.4 steals, 58 field goal percentage, 51. So, so you look down, all the main stats... Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, all go to Jokic in the playoffs. In fact, he's leading the NBA in the playoffs in many of those stats. Um, I mean, I, I don't get the argument, man. I, I, I think it's unfair. It's unfair to say that Nikola Jokic... W- you can't sit there and, and say the argument for Nikola getting MVP was because he carried a team to the playoffs. You can't say that and then in the same sentence turn around and be like... Well, Embiid's still in the playoffs. You know, like, you can't do that. That's hypocritical. And that's what I'm seeing these people do in the national media. It does drive me a little bit crazy. I think my advice for you, Connor, and for all the fans out there that are getting so bent out of shape over the national media is <laughs> revel in it. Revel in it. Because guess what? Oh, we're here, You baby. can't take that away. Unless he was, uh, you know, getting Reggie Bushed here and they're going to take the Heisman away from him. <laughs> this is his. That's it. He's got that MVP, the back-to-back MVP. You can't take that away. And he will always be remembered right. for all of history cry about it so that's what i say to the haters cry about it and you know what something tells me (laughs) joe Embiid will get his probably next year okay so everybody just relax all right all right everybody thanks for tuning in make sure you find us on twitter at red rock sports one for connor and nick i'm jared thanks for stopping by